0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals Podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host today, tomorrow, and forever. And today's guest is my boy, Josh Wiseman. He's a visual storyteller based out of Austin, Texas. He is the homie, he is a polar pro ambassador, he is a big, big personality. All around, just rad, dude. We've been chopping it up a lot in the DMs, and I'm finally stoked to have you on the line. Josh, what's up, brother? Welcome to the show.
1: What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. That's uh, quite the generous intro there. I'm sure some of my closest friends will be like, man, this guy sucks. Why is he talking so nice about you? How much did you pay this dude? Like, (laughs) not very much, but... You know, whatever.
0: Well, you did you did slip me a little money, but we won't talk about now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) That's off the record. Off the
0: record. (laughs) Uh, Why don't you start us off, man, with letting the AOV community know a little bit more about yourself, Mister Wiseman?
1: Well, uh, for starters, my name is Josh Wiseman, A.K.A. JT Wise Guy. It's another beautiful day right here in Austin, Texas. That's kind of my my signature sign-on for anywhere that I'm at in the world. And I'm 28 years old, uh, professional videographer, photographer, visual storyteller, based out of Austin, Texas. I've been living here for about a little over three years. I moved here from the, the South Lake Tahoe area, Reno Tahoe area. Grew up in Florida, was born in California, kind of bounced all around everywhere in between. I would consider myself to have been a professional for probably, I'd say, Probably about only about three years, maybe two and a half years, two years or so. When I moved to Austin, that's when I started to pursue a full-time creative career. But prior to that, um, you know, I grew up playing basketball and playing sports, and was fortunate enough to be able to go overseas and play ball, and came back from that, and you know, slowly picked up music and started being a singer-songwriter and cut a couple albums, and everything from that point until now has just kind of turned into uh, turned into me. Having a camera in my hands and being a professional button pusher, so I'm very thankful for that,
0: <laughs> bro. I love it. What type of music were you singing? So, if you pictured
1: like a John Mayer, Jack Johnson, Matchbox Twenty had a baby, like just a little beautiful, sweet, oven roasted love child, that's that's what I would that's what I would say. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm all. And- Go
0: ahead. I'm all about it. I could I could hear it in your voice now, man. You just <laughs> you sound like someone that just purrs when you sing.
1: <laughs> so I've been told. So I've been told. It's funny because my speaking voice is naturally very deep, but I have a, a higher of a range when it comes to singing, which is something that not a lot of people know actually. Because when you, when you meet people now, and this goes for kind of anyone in life, when you meet someone now, you immediately. Mm-hmm. Form this opinion of who they are what they do how do you know them how are you connected but a lot of people kind of fail to realize or overlook the fact that this person has a past life and maybe you would connect more with that past life if you you know got to know people more because I find pretty oftentimes a lot of people just you know the whole judge a book by its cover situation and oh you're a professional videographer and photographer yep that's what I do and they're like, oh that's cool but they might have been a college athlete or something and we could have connected on that level, but then it's just like a, you know, just in passing, no one really kind of gets that kind of stuff. So it's always cool when I meet people and then they realize that there's more to me than just being a huge camera nerd. So Mm. that's always fun.
0: Yeah. Dude, I love that. I love that concept. When you meet new people and you discover their past lives, you also you oftentimes find a lot more similarities than, you know, similarities that you wouldn't have discovered otherwise. And, so true people do judge you uh i get it all the time you know people oh he's yeah he's a, he does photography stuff and i'm just like i enjoy it though now i just it keeps things short it's like you're gonna judge me anyways then cool like yeah i take photos that's what i do like and they're like cool mm-hmm. and then they turn around like he's not worth talking he, we don't need to talk to that guy he's just a photographer <laughs> <laughs> he's not one important guy like you know, there's, right. there's a financial advisor it's, it's, over here. It's the camera.
1: It's the camera. <laughs> it's the camera that makes them good.
0: Gosh. And for you guys that don't know, Josh is 6'5". You may be the largest Instagrammer in this space. Dude, we should start like yeah. an Instagram like fight night and I'm putting all my money on you. You'll be oh an AOV. V. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Can oh. we can we Hey, not even fight night? Do you remember? What was that show? Gladiator night? Was it gladiators? What was that show growing up where the dudes were all buff Oh, the American Spank? gladiators? Yes, American, American gladi- gladiators. Yes. We need to do American gladiators. <laughs> oh my God. With Instagrammers. You're obviously team AOV and let's just go destroy everyone, bro. I got a few is other team- big hitters, bro. We'll have a squad. It'll be great. Is
1: team, is team AOV the, the people that they have to get past?
0: Ooh, that's like, a good question. We're, like we're like we're like we're yeah,
1: the we're the we're, we're the, the home house. team essentially. Yeah, yeah we're the house. house, and we have to just like take those oversized Q tips and just destroy people with <laughs> them.
0: <laughs> we'll throw, hey Garrett, hey Garrett King's got some size to him. We'll get him out there, bro. We'll have a we'll have a nice little a nice little I'm squad. In. I got the boys here in the house. Teams pretty solid, fit.
1: I'm in. I'm in. All right, bro. That's jeez. Oh, now I'm just thinking about that. I'm just thinking, that I need to go watch that show. I need to go find some old clips of that show and go watch it.
0: So, how did you get into all this? I mean, you come from such a diverse background. So, let's maybe start with your diverse background before we hop into sure. the content creator, button pusher that you are today.
1: Yeah, man. So, I grew up in a single parent home, just me and my mom. You know, my mom's my best friend um, growing up. We didn't really have a whole lot or anything like that, and I didn't realize until older, till I got older, that we really didn't have a lot. So seeing, you know, the things that my mom did growing up, working two and three jobs to make sure I had a good birthday or a good Christmas, or you know, I could go to these basketball clinics and camps and have nice gear and stuff that would help me be, you know, the tools that I needed to be successful. I didn't appreciate that as much as I should have growing up. I still did, but now that I'm older and I'm an adult. And in real life, I'm just like, shit, you know, she really was doing some special stuff Mm -hmm. back then. And so that's kind of where my work ethic started. And that has been like a really big foundational building block for me moving forward with my life. Because whenever life's tough, and I always call my mom and talk to her about things, she's always just like, well, imagine doing it with a you know, five-year-old, six-year-old, or imagine having you and having to like feed you on top of you know having to do all this stuff. So growing up, it was it was that, and it, just seeing my mom like bust her ass in sports, which I played baseball when I was really little. I had a bad coach. Came home one day from practice, told my mom I don't want to play anymore. She's like, all right, well, finish out the season. You're not a quitter, you know. And and we'll focus all your efforts and energy into basketball. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And that's just kind of when that started where. You know, I was always a head taller than all the kids uh I, everyone always jokes. I pretty much popped out like six foot tall basically is everyone always like jokes about that, but I was always a head taller than all the kids and were like gangly and like lurch like from the Adams family, which is always really funny and I saw so i get- I'd get picked on a lot when I was younger for that reason for just being tall and lanky and just a little string bean mm-hmm. and so I you know started growing up playing basketball and I started to get really good and because I would just I would obsess about it and that's what it was. You know, you, you know, I grew up in the nineties watching Michael Jordan and the bulls and stuff like that. And
0: space
1: jam. Oh yeah, dude, space jam, top three favorite movie, Thanks. top three favorite movie for sure. So yeah, man. So that, that work ethic carried over into my high school career and you know, it was crazy. I didn't really have a conventional high school career. I would say, or high you know, mm-hmm. the time that I spent in high school, like it wasn't conventional because I was, i never had a summer I was always hooping. I was always going and having like workouts. I was, you know, Nike invitational, like ABDC, Jordan Classic, like getting invites to these things and going to all this stuff. And I was a premier player in the state of Florida and then ended up getting like a lot of national recognition, which was just beyond me. Um, because from a very young age, my mom had sat me down and she's like, son, if you want to go to college, you're going to have to be an exceptional student or an exceptional athlete. And I would always get rewarded for good grades so I always had good grades could have went to any college in the country for my academics which was wild and then you know I was a freak athlete on top of it so that
0: you said mom I'm gonna do both it's all good
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah man always got to take care of mom as much as I can and just you know my my life's goal is just making her proud with what I do and how I do it and carrying myself well which is something that I've, I've learned from her, you know, whether that's sportsmanship or how to treat people or, you know, how to, how to treat women or act in a relationship or just anything that has to do with anything professionalism, like it's all came from my mom and, you know, so I've heard a, heard a thank for pretty much everything, like, you know, for the life that I live now, even though I'm, I'm essentially the pawn in the game of life here, you know, she has helped to kind of move and direct and steer me in the right direction to, you know, be where i am now uh, which i'm very thankful for so um but yeah man and then after after you know like playing basketball and stuff so i ended up going to college then i went to a smaller school out in oregon to be closer to my mom oregon tech and from there i went over i played in, in europe so i played in berlin germany tore my knee came back Uh, decided to enroll back into school and then was just like you know what I'm over school I'm just gonna drop out like help mom with money and stuff like that so she doesn't have to worry as much so got got a couple jobs you know helped mom out did all that stuff and then um, around that time I you know picked up music in a couple years prior than that so picked up music and You know, I played drums, guitar, bass, piano. I sang, like, audio engineer, mix master. So I just did every... Because we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I was a huge DIYer. I still am. Like, I love doing DIY stuff. Because it's just like, well, if I... Shit, I can make that. I can make that for $500 less than what I could buy it for. Why the hell am I going to go spend that money on it? You know what I mean? So, like, the frugality behind trying to be, you know, I'm not that great with money. It sounds like I am. I'm like shit with money, but I try my best to not immediately just be like, Oh, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. You know, I want to see if there's a, w- a workaround of some sorts. So
0: I think that's a self thing too. Like that's a, a self competence thing. At least for me, I'm just like, I could build it better, higher quality and cheaper. So why mm-hmm. would I buy that? Like, I'd rather just do it myself and I enjoy building things. I get to learn, uh, I think some people are just wired that way.
1: No, nah, man, I completely agree. Completely agree. Because then there's your vast majority of people who are. Well, I'm really impatient too. Mm-hmm. But there's your vast majority of people who are impatient to a level of like, I'm gonna buy it now. I don't care how much it is. You know, I'd rather pay the extra to have it sooner than to you know maybe learn something, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, man. So I started playing music and really took to that, and I started writing writing music and doing the doing the Taylor Swift thing and going through a breakup and like writing, you know, writing breakup songs or things that people can relate to because that's kind of what any successful person I think has in common is the relatability to gen pop, which is a general population for those of you listening. Um, and so I tried to relate as much as I could in the music that I wrote to to be able to, you know, draw more people, draw more attention, so on and so forth. So,
0: And it helps, it, dude, it helps when you do go through, when you have deep emotions, when you have a tough upbringing, when you have heartbreak and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, man. No, it's, it's the the path that my life has been on my entire, you know, my entire existence has really shaped who I am as an individual.
0: That is the story, baby. It was all meant to be.
1: Dude, it, it's crazy, now. man. Like, the yeah. universe is The universe is crazy. The universe is crazy. But yeah, so I did that, and uh, I entered this music contest years later. Third place essentially would have changed my life. I got fourth place by two votes, and I haven't written a song since. Uh, so after that, it was just extremely deflating, and just like, I was so upset that I was like, man, fuck this. I'm not i'm done i'm done with music for a while because i just put everything like everything that i had into this contest
0: how old were you at the time
1: i think i was i don't know maybe 23 24 23 that's tough how old am i i think it might have even been 22 something like that i don't know time is i don't know i have the worst gauge of time ever i never know what day it is i'm just like what what year is it i don't know what's happening um but yeah, so after that, man, I launched a, I launched a clothing company. It's like an athleisure company because at this point in time, I'd started making like a really big fitness transformation. Um, I dated this chick who was like really into bodybuilding and stuff like that. And, you know, she was trying to essentially just fatten me up and like, you know, get all get all the gains, bro. Like, you know, that, that typical shit. Yeah. So I'd gained a bunch of weight. I think I gained like 60 pounds in like four or five months. And, you know – People were like didn't recognize him anymore. It's really funny though. This was one thing that like really caught my attention. Is when I gained all that weight, I went from one eighty to like two forty, and it wasn't bad weight. Like, of course, some of it was fat, but it wasn't bad weight. Right. But the amount of respect that I got weighing two forty versus weighing one eighty was <laughs> astronomical.
0: Put some hey, put some respect on my name, baby. Your boy's dude, got a little weight on him. That's, dude, it, that's funny.
1: In, in public, in public and in the gym, it was, you know, like. Bro, you're b- so b- right. Beforehand, it was like I was, I, you know, and it's just it comes with also like a level of confidence in myself. Like mm-hmm. now I don't feel skinny, even though body dysmorphia is super real. And I look in the mirror now and I'm just like, oh, God, like I'll always see that skinny kid. But to people in public, it was like now they're stepping out of my way. Now they're saying like, oh, excuse <laughs> me, you know. Or I would ask someone like, Oh, how many more sets do you have? And they're like, No, it's all you. Like,
0: Zero, I just saw you pick up.
1: I just yeah, I'm just standing here to watch you. Like, what? No, I just saw you pick that up. And they're just like, Nope, it's all yours. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm not mad about it, but at the same time, just like it's crazy to think that, you know, something as trivial as that in my mind, you know, just putting weight on or losing weight, you know, heightens and boosts that confidence level and then so many more people are going to respect you in a different way. And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning in regards to like that first initial impression of somebody, you know, they, I don't know what they say. Your first impression on someone it takes about seven seconds for you to just come up with something, you know, what, who that person is, what they're about, yeah, you their subconsciously, energy.
0: Subconsciously you judge them in split second mm-hmm. without even consciously being aware of it. You already, you know, throw them in a bucket.
1: Exactly. Which is really unfortunate, man. It's really unfortunate. But so yeah, so I, I did that. And I, at that time I was really big in the fitness industry. So I was, you know, going to, going to like expos and stuff like that and gained a bunch of weight. I was starting to feel a lot more confident. You know, me and that chick split up for, for multiple reasons. So when that happened, uh, that company, like I said, cause we went in on it together. So that company just failed miserably. So after that, I was driving back to I was driving back to my, to Reno where my mom lived at the time, and I was calling her and crying and shit, and was just like, like I don't understand, like what you know, this is bullshit, like this has failed, and yada yada, and can I stay with you? And she was like, no, actually you can't. And I was like, you're my mom, why can't I? And she's like, because you know it was a tough love situation. She was teaching me a lesson that even though she is always there as a resource for me to essentially fall back on that I needed to learn how to do some things on my own. And this was a really pivotal point in my life, I would say, because I went back to her place. She wasn't home. I watched her dogs for 10 days, and she said, when I get back, I don't expect you to be here. I was like, wow. I've Okay, that's pretty cold, but all right. So I'm scrambling. I don't have the money to – I don't have a car. lost my car in the business as collateral. Um, I don't have a place to stay. And one of my homies calls me and was like, hey, my buddy Will – I know he's going to listen to this. So, Will, what's up, dude? I love you. And he calls me and he's like, hey, bro, I heard you're back into town. Um, I just got an apartment. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, two bedroom, one bedroom, what's the sitch? And he's like, well, it's just one bedroom, but I have a couch. You're more than welcome to come crash as long as you need to. And I was like, man, I appreciate it. You know, I'll get on the job grind and I'll, you know, I'll help you pay. We'll make things work, you know, whatever, whatever we need to do. So I think it was probably about Eight or nine months went by of me sleeping on this dude's couch. I had decided on the drive back from Texas to Nevada that I was going to relaunch another company and it was going to be better. I was going to do things right. And it was about eight months of sleeping on his couch. Uh, I was working three jobs, I was hand printing all of the all of the gear. It was like an athleisure company. So I was hand printing all the gear. I was doing Illustrator. I was designing. I was burning screens. I was shipping orders. I was customer support, everything, yeah, just from a, from, from a to Z. And there was days, man, that like days and days and days that I didn't sleep. And I still didn't have a car at the time. So I was walking at first and then I called my mom one day. Actually, I just sh- I took an Uber. Like one of my friends gave me a ride to my mom's place when I knew that she was going to be at home. And I showed up and I was like, hey, and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm begging you, can you please buy me a bicycle? (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, here's why. So I can sell ice to an Eskimo. I'm a really good salesman. So I just like laid out everything with my mom and I was like, all right, this is how long, this is how far I'm traveling daily. This is how long it's taking me. This is the route that I'm going. It's the quickest route on foot, blah, blah, blah. If you get me a bike, I'll be able to cut my time in this much and this will lead to like this much more productivity in the company X, Y, and Z because of one, two, three. And she was just like, let's go to the store and I'll, I'll get you a bike. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you. So I was riding my bike like 30 miles a day to three jobs coming home at like 10 at night and printing until like one, two, three in the morning. Some mornings Will would wake up for work and I would still be standing there at the printing press and he's just like, dude, what? Like, yep. Grind. He's like, yeah. And this is when I really started to appreciate, like, falling in love with the process, mm-hmm. because I was just so hungry. Like, I was so hungry to prove everyone wrong that from the first company that I launched, and to show that it's possible, and to show that you can literally come from nothing and build something. And it was just, it was huge, you know. So, I mean, there was days where you know, me and Will would like share my bike and then he got a car. And so we would share the car and then his car like blew up. And then now we're back to square one and we're trying to figure things out. And it got to the point where I could, was able to drop one of my jobs and then I was able to buy a car. So we just shared the car and just did whatever we could. Like blood couldn't make us any closer. It's one of my best friends. He's basically my brother and, um, you know, he's doing well now. He's still in that area, which is great. And well, every time I go back home and visit and we see each other, we're just like, man, you remember like just sleeping on your couch and like those days. So we kind of talk about that in a, in a sense of like, let's not forget that. Like, let's not forget how relentless we were is kind of the best way that I can put it is just hungry and relentless to, to like just do something, right. you know? I mean, we were just so fed up with where we were at that we had made these conscious changes to, to just to do something about it. Cause we're in control ultimately.
0: Always. Yeah.
1: You know? So yeah, and around that time, man, even with music, just to take a small step back with music, when I was doing that, i that's when I first kind of got my interaction with having a camera in my hands. So I was filming like playthrough videos and covers and, you know, behind the scenes and things like that of me, you know, mixing, mastering, editing, stuff like that.
0: So that was the first time you got into photography was through music.
1: I would say, I would say, yeah. Yeah, when I, first, when I started, like, really doing it, because everyone has a, well, most people have, like, a video camera or something when they're younger and make, like, home movies and stuff. And, like, I used to skateboard and BMX and shit, so I would make, like, those kind of videos. But right. it was just, like, the VHS goes in the side of the camcorder, you film it, and then that tape is done. And, you know what I mean? There was no cuts. There was no cuts back then. You didn't, like, draw, you know, you're not, like, tape to tape doing stuff. So, you're not making, you know, I wasn't making those kind of videos. Right. Yeah, so when I was doing music, that was my first experience with editing. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I film an intro. What's up, guys? My name is Josh Wiseman. I'm going to be playing this song by this person, so on and so forth. Play the song at the end. Hey, make sure you sub to my channel. If you like it, give it a thumbs up. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next one. If you have any suggestions for songs, leave them below. Blah, blah, blah. So then when I launched a clothing company, I was doing all the media for that. So, you know, design the website. Taking all the product photography, behind the scenes, lifestyle, which is when I really enjoyed like shooting lifestyle stuff, uh, because you know shooting in gyms and like you know fit people, models. My friends would always get free gear whenever they would come shoot with me, and I started doing videos behind the company and like what it was and what it stood for. And the company was called DGL Apparel, which stood for Dream, Grind, Live. Essentially, is you know everyone has this this idea, this monumental like goal or dream of theirs that they really want and a lifestyle that they see themselves living. And the only thing that's separating you from that and really living that life that you want to is the grind and and that extreme relentless just work ethic in order to put yourself in a position to be successful and really just fucking get after it. Like every single day that I woke up, dude, I was just I couldn't be in the, I couldn't get out of the house quick enough on that bicycle and on my backpack, like riding my bike to my feet bled. Like I didn't even care. I would just keep going and keep going and keep going. And so the company was doing pretty well and, um, yeah, the company was doing pretty well. And I started getting people asking me cause I had a camera with me all the time. You know, it was like a Canon, like, I think it was like a T3i. I feel like almost everyone starts on, like, a T3R or t 2 T2i or something. Yeah. Because that was the one that could shoot video. It would just shoot. I think that was the first one from Canon that would shoot full 1080.
0: Yep. Mine was the Uh, T2i. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you get it. Mm -hmm. Game changer. It really was. So, that was my first, like, actual camera. I think I still had the kit lens on it. I don't think I even bothered with anything else. So, yeah. So, (laughs) I started carrying that camera everywhere. You know, the best camera is the one with you. So me and my buddies are working out. We're wearing the gear, you know, and we're, you know, cameras there. Oh, that looks good. This lighting's good. Whatever. Like hit another set. Let me, you know, rattle off a couple for the website or for Instagram or something. And we would do that. People would come up to me and be like, hey, you know, I see you have a pretty nice camera. Do you uh, do you do like family photos or anything like that or whatever? And I was like, well, you got a family and I got a camera. So you got money too? Like what are we, what are we, what you trying to do? Like. You know, so there's a couple of times where I'd be in the gym and people come up to me and then next thing you know, I was making, you know, three, four, five hundred bucks on the weekend shooting senior senior pictures or family photos. And I you know, looking back at those photos, I'm just like, Dear God, I hope these never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> but back then I was like, Hey, these are kind of good. You know, it's just, you know, that's everyone's like creative progression and stuff. You yeah, look back, you, you look back six months from now and you look at your photos and you're like, Oh, what was I doing? Oh yeah. You know? And now you, you know, you look at them now and you're like, these are way better. So fuck six years ago, five, six years ago, seven years ago, they were just like, Oh, so trash. <laughs> so that started to ramp up more and more. And I was like, man, I think I might actually be able to do this, like do something from this. Cause for whatever reason, people keep asking me to do this. And when I deliver so- the photos to these people, they like them. I don't know how, but they do because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. So I started YouTube university, man, just like straight to YouTube reaching out to photographers and like friends that I knew in the area. Uh, I worked at a photo studio for a while. Don't ever do that. By the way, that is one of the worst jobs. It's like hell on earth It's one of the worst jobs ever. completely just sucks the creativity out of being creative and photography in general. So I don't really recommend that, but I started to learn more and more about it and decided to dissolve the company. And around that time, uh, one of my athletes lived down here in Austin and she was like, "Dude, you got to come to Austin, come check it out." Her and her boyfriend like showed me a good time. I was here for like ten days, and in that ten days, I was able to sign contracts with two gyms, and then her and I signed some paperwork for me to be her full time shooter because she was a like a pretty big fitness influencer at the mm-hmm. time, like eighty eighty k or something like that, and this was you know three and a half years ago, so right. th- that's when 80 k meant something i guess whatever
0: it still does i mean it's yeah what a world what a weird world but yeah for
1: sure yeah we that's a that's a conversation in itself just fucking instagram and the changes that's how it's changed and how just everything has changed but so she was like yeah come down i signed a couple contracts you know we made an agreement i was like all right well you know i guess it's time for me to move down here so i went back to nevada had the undeniably tough conversation with my mom that i was moving yet again and uh then I, you know, made the move here to Austin about 30 days later. And I've been here for, you know, about three and a half years. And when I moved down here, it was it was go time. And in a city like this, where you know gentrification is so real, and the cost of living is just climbing, climbing, climbing daily, it seems like you know there's hundreds of people moving into the city every single day. Property prices are just like going up and up and up, and it's crazy to think that I've been able to self-sustain for three and a half years you know. So that's and when I got here like I said that's when I took it over full time and I've
0: been doing it ever since. Dude, I love it. That's your story is is really fascinating. It's really cool to hear how much adversity that you've dealt with your entire life and how hard you fought to get to, you know, where you are today and your work ethic, the grit like I can see it in your eyes, you know, by the way talk and <laughs> Uh but now dude, you have this I can tell things are going well, like you have this big presence of just love and and lots of energy and happiness and 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 still have that hustle mentality which I love, and so what do you you know as far as today? What are you most excited about as far as you know your photography and, and content creation? What are you working on? What are you learning?
1: Well, one, I really appreciate the fact that you say that I have like a big energy and a lot of love and stuff like that. That's something that I've been dealing with recently, and this will kind of segue into, into the question that you just asked. But recently, um, I just went on this trip solo. It was out to White Sands, New Mexico, which is about 10 hours away. And prior to that, for quite a few months, i had been calling my mom often and talking to her and just saying like, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of content creators and creatives in general can agree with this and maybe even yourself. But being creative is really lonely, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something that I've dealt with for years, even though I have a lot of acquaintances and I have a good network here in Austin. You know, I'm spending a lot of time sitting in front of a computer, sitting in front of my camera. And the people interaction or human interaction that I get is when I'm on a shoot or, you know, and they're my clients and there's a, you know, there's a line between that. Of course, some of my clients turn out to be friends, but at the same time, a lot of them don't live here. A lot of my best friends don't live here. I have a couple of really good friends here. They travel a lot for work, so I'm alone a lot. And I was talking to my mom and I was like, man, I just don't know why every now and again, I'll just get this overwhelming feeling of just loneliness and sadness. And like, I don't know why, or like almost like a void of happiness. I have every single reason in the world to just be fucking stoked every single day that I wake up. You know, I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head. I can feed myself. I have a career that is in my control. I work for myself. I, you know what I'm saying? I get to meet really cool people, go to cool places. Like, I couldn't figure out why I was feeling this and it's been and it's been like that for probably the better half of the last year. So I you know this company reached out to me and they floated me like some camping gear and I was like this is perfect. This is like this is a sign. This is great timing. And I was like you know what? I'm going to take all this stuff. I'm just going to drive. I'd never been to White Sands before and it was a place I'd always wanted to go. So hopped in the truck, drove out there, sat in silence for a lot of the time, listened to the podcast, the AOV podcast of, of, you know, for quite a few hours on that drive as well. And, you know, whenever the sun was setting, pulled over for sunset, had my, my meals made. So I just like sat on the roof of my truck and just like ate, watched the sunset and was just like in the moment, you know, present in the present. I was, you know, that's something that I was saying that I've been saying to myself recently. So I drove out there and you know, I got out there and you know, there was some personal stuff that I was dealing with. So I'm kind of on, on the phone, like dealing with that. I'm about 40 minutes from where I need to be at and I get out there finally and you know, everything just kind of hit me at once and I get out of the truck and I set up my camera on a tripod and you can pretty much see the Milky Way with your eyes. Like it was just, it's so dark out there and just fucking beautiful. And you can just see like the haze and you know that when you, when you set your camera up, you're going to, you're going to get something. And, and yeah, man. So I, uh, I went out there and I hit the shutter and I looked through the viewfinder and saw the photo that came up, man. And I just like lost it. I lost it. I just like started crying and, like looked up to the sky and whatever higher power is out there, whatever people believe in or anything like that, you know, I just looked up there and I was just like, you know what? Everything is completely fine. Everything is okay. And it dude, seriously. In that moment of seeing that photo and just seeing like where I was, everything just went away. And it was just, it's really hard to describe, man. Like it was just a, 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 the best way I can describe it is just clarity just a moment of clarity where it's just like I have every reason in the world to be happy. And from this moment forward, that's what happens,
0: you know. So what have you done with that renewed sense of energy since that experience?
1: Well, it's really funny. I drove out there. I plan on staying out there for like quite a few days. And I was going to go to Big Bend on the way back. And I literally just sunrise at White Sands. I slept in the bed of my truck underneath the stars, which was rad, woke up to sunrise, went over to white sands, took some photos and just drove straight back home. I didn't even stay out there. I was just like, I'm ready to get back. Like I'm stoked. I'm like ready to get back. So I got back, you know, then I had a a job out there in Kentucky with like tourism out there and, and doing some stuff out there for some sports parks and stuff. And since then it's just been that it's just been having like a more positive energy when people ask me you know when I pass people on the street or anywhere in life I'm always just like how's it going you know and if they're like oh it's good if they don't ask me then I'm just like "Up, oh, whatever but when people ask me you know previously I would just be like eh, "It's all right you know it's all right But when people ask me now it's just like it's fucking amazing
0: all right Do you-, you know Go ahead. I had a I was just curious. Like, do you still love sports? Like, is that still. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. I definitely love sports. Because a,
0: a guy like you, dude, big personality, you got the size, you've lived the life. To me, yeah. you, you seem like a guy who would be perfectly fit to be like a celebrity type uh, sports photographer, filmmaker, like working in that space just because, like, A, you'd have instant respect from everyone. You're a big dude. They'd be like. You can speak the language. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not an outsider. And I've just seen like a lot of people do really well that come from a specific niche, whether it's like bass fishing or this or that. Mm -hmm. And they then take their tools and say, okay, like I'm going to go leverage my tools in this space. Uh, And they, all the guys that I know that have done that, it may not be the most glamorous things, but they're oftentimes, as far as like just a career, they're oftentimes making way more money than a lot of like the, you know, influencer types on Instagram or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, no, man, that's, that's actually like a really good idea. And I have a couple of friends that I know who kind of work in the sports space and stuff and have, you know, tried to kind of get me in a lot of these places are, you know, set in their ways more or less when it comes to that kind of stuff. But that's definitely something that I would love to do. It would be really cool to get into for sure. Um, But yeah, Yeah. So kind of, you know, going back to to your question of like kind of, you know, what am I doing now? What am I excited about? So on and so forth. Um, When I went to Kentucky and this kind of all ties into, you know, what have I done with that renewed energy since that experience? And originally I was just going to come back to Austin for the 4th of July. It's my favorite holiday. So I was just going to come back to Austin, probably end up on the water somewhere with everyone and, you know, all that good stuff. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's look at flights. Where can I fly out to? Where can I fly to from Louisville and just by myself, wing it, not book anything, not reach out? Because I wasn't even I wasn't on Instagram because I took a a couple weeks off from Instagram as well. It's like I wasn't.
0: You did. I remember you hit me up and you said, hey, I'm taking a few weeks off Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'll be back in a few. Why was that?
1: It was just to sort things out, man. I think a I think a social detox is great. I think it does does the body and the mind good because you hear it on a lot of podcasts or you hear it on a lot of conversations with people where your your perception of reality becomes really distorted the more that you the more time that you spend on social. There's so much consumption going on and not enough creating for those creative types.
0: What side but effects you, have you seen personally? I want to hear just, your your experience with social media.
1: It's just. You know, It's the the comparison game. I feel like I kind of fit in a lot with everyone else that kind of goes through that where it's like, okay, I see a person who may have a smaller following than me and they're traveling the world. Granted, I don't know their financial status or circumstance or anything like that, but they're traveling the world full time, basically where I want to be at. No offense. I'm not saying I'm the best person in the world, but I feel like I'm better than they are, more skilled than they are in certain departments or I can offer more. I'll say that. It doesn't sound as bad. You know, I can offer more. But why are they there and I'm not? So I'm just like beating myself up all the time just like, "Well, shit, like that should be me. How do I work towards doing something like that?" And then next thing you know, it's just then, you know, I'm taking that consumption of content that should inspire me to do something and now it's turning into negative energy that I'm projecting outwards towards my own career and my and myself and even probably harboring a lot of it internally. And that's, I mean, that's how it's affected me for sure.
0: And then, so how have you, so is the digital detox taking a break is how you combat that? Or is there other things that you've implemented into your daily habits to uh, keep away from the comparison and the other Instagram uh, side effects, I guess you might say?
1: Yeah, no, man. Uh, Yeah, so the social detox for me, it's just out of sight, out of mind, it's just kind of one of those situations where it's not there. I'm not consuming, I'm out creating. And that's kind of the the very black and white, bare bones answer to that. Um, but at the same time, you know, getting back onto social and, you know, logging back in and doing all that stuff and kind of falling back into the more or less falling back into the routine. Um, discipline is the number one thing that I can I can throw out there in regards to, putting yourself in a position to be successful is you have to be disciplined because not everybody can be self-employed. That's why most self-employed businesses fail within the first few years because they're not disciplined and you have to set boundaries for other people. You have to set limitations for other people and yourself and how you're doing and, and, and what you're doing and how you're spending your time. And that's just kind of what I've done since being back on social is I'll post, I'll post on my stories a few times throughout the day, maybe, if I'm not posting and I'm not responding to people's comments, then I'm not on the app. Right. And if I'm not on the app or not scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or any of that shit, then I'm creating. Or I'm not back here on one of these whiteboards, like, writing down ideas for, for other things that I want to do, like YouTube videos or, you know, just whatever, like project pitches or, like, travel pitches, place I want to go. And, how's
0: the YouTube channel
1: Dude, YouTube channels, I mean, it's good. YouTube channel is, YouTube is a, is a marathon, not a sprint.
0: Oh, yeah. What's, you know? the, so what's I, the vision with, I guess, the, the YouTube channel?
1: I'd say it's pretty standard in regards to what most photographer, videographer people are doing. I vlog, I do tutorials, I do product reviews. You know, so you think, you know, you're Peter McKinnons and Chris Howe, Lizzie Pierce, um, Sorella More or Amore, however you pronounce her name. And then uh, what is it? Alan Palander or Palander. Yeah. Um, you know, like those kind of people, I fit kind of right into that realm of people, I would say, when it comes to YouTube. Um, and it just, you know, just hasn't hasn't taken off yet. But it's one of those that kind of goes back to what you were saying or the question that you asked with, you know, how has the social detox and those sorts of things. Like, how do I combat that? It's just stay in your lane.
0: Right. Well, I was going to ask you like, what does taking off even mean? Like, what is that? Like, I guess when you set out to say, Hey, okay, I'm going to grow a YouTube channel. What's the aim? Like, do you set goals? You know, I feel like a lot of times people like yourself make remarks like that to where they say like, Oh, it hasn't taken off yet. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, I guess, like I don't know, you got four hundred and thirty subscribers, that's a lot more than I have. So like I don't I guess I don't I, like what does taking off mean? Like what's what the does that goal? Mean? What's yeah, what's the aim? Like what are you trying to because obviously having tons of subscribers doesn't just like Instagram having tons of followers doesn't necessarily correlate to meaning yeah, you're like having a luck it's a lot not, of success.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. I mean, you can have a lot of numbers for the right reasons. You can have a lot of numbers for the wrong reasons. And I think for me, what success on both platforms look like is having a bigger reach to people so I can inspire more people to just fucking get after it. You know, and that's just kind of just everything that we've talked about today, just having a relentless work ethic and showing people that, hey, you can do this if you really want to do it. You just got to do it, you know, like... That's, you know what I mean? So to have a million subs on, on YouTube or in a, and to have like a hundred K or what, you know, more than I have now on Instagram, it's just more people to inspire, to really like live their best life and do what they want to do for themselves and not for anyone else.
0: Have you ever heard the term minimum viable audience, uh, by Seth Godin? I have not. So he has a new book. Um, shouldn't say new, but his newest book is called this is marketing and he has a concept in there that i've seen firsthand Mm -hmm. through my own experience as well as just from being in the space and talking to lots of people and doing what i do and the concept is the opposite of what most people do most people get on social and they want to grow the largest instagram following and the largest youtube following right and He talks about the minimum viable audience and it's more focused. And I totally agree with the philosophy and I add my own spin to it and take it a lot further. But he basically says you only need, you know, what's the smallest audience you need to like survive, to do your thing? Because people are focused on these big numbers, but the big numbers don't really correlate to anything. I'd much rather have a thousand, fifteen hundred, three thousand hardcore fans that you know buy my you know transition packs buy my books my tutorials show up to my events whatever it may be buy t-shirts hang out want to listen to my yep. podcast then yep. have you know 500,000 people that really don't care and as much the most time that they'll give to me is liking a photo and they're gone and so uh i guess where i'm headed with this is you know outside of the numbers i think it's super like more or less I think you're in a phenomenal place like your YouTube you have 431 people you have a real you know community on your YouTube where you can nurture that community grow that community and then figure out how you can monetize it enough and I don't mean that in a bad ways if I like, go oh, oh, of course to not. take advantage of these people it's no, more or less not. just like hey How do I, I, I'm doing all this for free right now. How do I actually get paid to do this? These people obviously love, you know, what I do. They're following me, they're commenting, they're liking my stuff. Uh, And so I think if you spent more time communicating with your audience and figuring out what are their pain points and helping them and you start just helping people and trying to help them solve those challenges that they're facing, bro, I think you're going to win big time because I can tell already that you care you already have the big personality but I think it's more or less just that that focus on you know your people
1: I completely agree with everything you just said um, like to like to at it's funny because I did a I did like a social detox last year for like a month when I was going through a really hard time personally and I created a lot of beautiful visuals that came from it. So I I took that energy and spun it into something creative, which was great. But when I came back, one of the things that was my focus is fuck the numbers. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what I've done since then. I don't really care how many likes on a photo I get. I don't really care how many comments or like, the I don't game is really. Retention, bro. The game Dude, is no exactly. longer
0: numbers. The game is exactly. not how big, how fast. Exactly, It is all about real, meaningful connection, retention yeah engagement you know exactly
1: I completely agree and that's part of the and that's that's one of the things that I get told often which is really nice to hear and refreshing and and kind of validates the fact that I am still upholding that that not promise but you know that thing that I said to myself in regards to like the numbers don't matter the people matter and one of the things that people tell me pretty often is they enjoy my transparency and vulnerability on social because there's so many times that you see people that, you know, that's not their fucking life. Let's be real like that. You're not staying at this place. That's not your jet. That's not your car. That's not your dog. Like whatever the case is, you know what I mean? They're just flexing on, on social media just for for likes, like whatever, you know, but I want to go back to like, it's called social media, be social and connect with people. And that's One of the reasons why I talk about my, my actual life in these photos. Like if you look at my captions on my photos, they're long. I don't expect everyone to read them, but the people that do read them are the people that I relate to. And those are the people I fuck with always
0: facts. That's your community. And that's where all your attention should be directed. All your energy should be directed inwardly towards, you know, those, those people, if you're going to give anyone, you know, your time.
1: Absolutely, man.
0: So, uh, I hope to see a lot more of that, you know, this year and, and into the future, you know, people uh developing their minimum viable audience and, and focusing on the real stuff that matters. It's too dude, it's the numbers and all the other stuff, it's just smoke, guys. It's just like it's like mainstream media. It's just like you know, oh, gosh, you really gotta, it really is, man. You really have to figure out how to how to navigate the landscape because there's a lot of of uh Places that look like beautiful cities, but they're really just you know sets that were built overnight, and there's no foundation. Like there's nothing there <laughs>
1: at all. It's gonna be torn down after <laughs> after that slate drops again. The director says cut, torn oh, yeah. down.
0: Oh yeah. So, um, speaking of like personal development, I'm curious. Being having the athletic background, being a content creator, you're up late, you're, you're working long hours, you're still hustling, you're traveling. Uh, how do you, how do you keep the mindset right?
1: The gym, dude, <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to someone today. They're like, how is it, how is it being back home? Cause I was, you know, just gone for the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that helps me keep my sanity is working out. So it's like the first thing that, you know, everyone kind of has a routine. I feel like your life is rhythms. I'm all about rhythms. So when I'm out of rhythm, my body feels it. Like I feel it everything so the gym is kind of what helps me keep my sanity going in breaking a good sweat moving some weight around and it's you know you've maybe heard the term before iron therapy that's what it, no you've never heard that term before no
0: bro give me the lowdown on this, on <laughs> this iron therapy. so iron
1: therapy essentially is just, is the gym it's a phrase for the gym so it's like You know, people don't just go to – you know, some people go to the gym to socialize. Some people go in there to improve their aesthetic or to to reach these goals or this and that, man. But if you watch some serious lifters lift, there is so much emotion and so much feeling and so much energy, good and bad, that goes into lifting. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen people PR or, you know, break a world record or something and just – cry on the platform or immediately run to their spouse or girlfriend, significant other, boyfriend, whatever, and go and just like fall in their arms. And just because it's a, it is, it's a form of therapy, man. It helps people keep their sanity. And it's like, you know, I've cried at the platform before, you know, hitting big lifts or whatever and like turned around to the person spotting me and just like, you know, it's, it's a form of therapy by releasing everything. And you know, when you go into the gym it's, it's just you and the weights. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It, that, that's what it is.
0: You know, no, so that's wanna...
1: what, the... go ahead. No, you go ahead and finish. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say that's where the, that's where the <laughs> term comes from iron therapy.
0: Okay. Dude, I, I hope I, I would love, I would love to get an opportunity to, to cry on the platform, but I recently it was flexing a little too hard on Instagram and, and, and tore, tore a, a muscle. So, Oh, I'm, I'm hoping gosh. that and in then in the, in the, <laughs> I'm hoping in the next few months I can get out there and experience, uh, experience some tears on the platform.
1: Did you really?
0: <laughs> I'm just,
1: I was, um, oh bro. my God. <laughs>
0: did <you> well, really? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's my, that's my first response is what, for one, what were you doing? For two, uh, what did you tear? Oh my God, dude, just, it's, I was it's, just it's, it's, playing, it's, I was
0: just, I had to play, I had to, I had to play off your joke about everyone flexing on Instagram. So, Oh, no, um,
1: that was – sure I'm sure your finger will be back to, back to normal before long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so social media, a little bit back – going back to social media. Uh, yeah. Actually, not even social media. I remember what my question was. What's your biggest challenge you're facing right now?
1: Consistency? I would say that's probably my biggest challenge right now because I identify more as a videographer than a photographer. Video typically takes a lot longer to do. So how do I still keep people engaged with what I'm doing if I'm not posting as regularly or if I'm not – and posting could be YouTube, posting could be Instagram, posting could be web or just anything in general.
0: What do you mean by how do you keep people more consistently engaged? Like How are they not engaged?
1: I feel like it's – it's one of those out of sight, out of mind situations, where you know they might be a loyal following, but at the same time, growth is good. I would say like positive growth is good on on all platforms because they could potentially correlate and turn into into income. Um, it's not always the case, but it could. So I feel like if you know I'm not if I'm not posting a couple times a week, then people's attention span and their interest could potentially get lost that's just kind of where my mind is
0: that's where your head's at though but that's probably not true like that's just you know we tell ourselves these stories we create these stories in our head and we're like oh we have to post every day because if I don't post every day my following is gonna leave me and they're gonna run off to (laughs) Narnia and I can't do a you know I can't go from posting a photo every day to doing a video once a week because you know everyone's gonna take off I don't I don't think that's true. I think uh I think everyone's going to be right there and stoked when you drop a video. And if anything, I think you'll you'll discover, you know, your core following which at the end of the day that's all that matters. Like why would you care to have why would you like, I don't, I, I wouldn't want a friend that's like, Hey man, I'm only your friend. Cause you show up here every day. If you didn't show up every day, like I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be like, if you took a week off and you started coming here once a week, I wouldn't hang out with you. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not someone that I want in my circle really. I'm just like, cool, dude. dude like, I can, that's no, kind of like, I don't really want that energy around me. I rather have just healthy people. And so the consistency thing, going back to the consistency, there's
1: more outside of social though. When it comes to consistency, mm-hmm. it's always it's it's always just how do I get better? What's next?
0: Mm-hmm. And well, how do you get better?
1: Read books. Like read like I have like all, pretty much the entire Adobe suite books down here, mm-hmm. like the classroom in a books. So I've like went went through those and then YouTube and asking other people, like other creatives, you know, seeing something that I like from somebody and just being like, hey, how'd you do this? Mm-hmm. Or can you make a video on this? Can I sit in like, how do I, you know, I always want to get better. I want to be better than yesterday. Every day is I, you know, I want to progress. I want to grow, whether that's creatively, personally, emotionally, like I want to grow every day. Mm -hmm. So finding the consistency in my work and never taking a step back, I feel like is, has kind of been a struggle.
0: Right. I, I feel like in my experience. You know, I've I've had times in my life where I'm hustling and I'm working and I want to grow and I want to grow and that's all I want. But I don't. The reality is, like I ha, like it's hard to grow when you don't know that there's not an aim set and if you're not more detailed. Mm-hmm. And so, for more for me, it became you know I had to create some framework to where I realized my daily habits compounded over time and became the these massive foundational blocks to my entire life, my entire existence, my entire universe, everything around me. Yeah. is based off these small daily habits. And so learning, right, is important. That's one of them to grow, but also implementing what you're learning is just as important as the reading itself. It's not you know, it's not just reading, it's reading and then hopping on applying, Adobe applying. And applying, you know, yeah. whatever you just learned and then putting that in a framework so you can stay consistent. You know, if reading an hour a day and then applying an hour a day for a total of two hours isn't realistic, then make it realistic. If 20 minutes of reading and 20 minutes of applying is realistic, I promise you, you'll wake up in 365 days in 60 days and you'll be like, holy shit, I'm so... M- much of a better person than I was just 30 days, 60 days, 90 days ago and you'll even ex- you'll even expedite that if you're more detailed with the goals and you say instead of getting better like my focus is I'm going to become a better videographer and then I'm going to break that down further what does that mean that means mastering titling what does mastering titling mean that means understanding keyframing that means understanding this and then now okay mm-hmm. so now for the next 2 weeks my 20 minute daily thing is going to be mastering keyframing so 2 mm-hmm. weeks from now I'm going to have the sickest titles ever going forward in all of my videos. And then after yeah. that compositing and so on and so on and then a year later, 2 years later, you're the man, right?
1: Dude, yeah. I'm 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 big on that, man. I'm big on executing. And when I talk about stuff, I like to do those things. Like if I ever say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I learn something, I immediately want to go use it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where every that's kind of where things start. Like when yeah. I see something that I like, or I come up with an idea and I don't know how to do it, then I'm learn I'm learning how to do it as fast as I can, so I can go execute that idea that I had, and that's something that you know has has really helped me grow as like a videographer, cinematographer, and editor you know, all that good stuff. So I, yeah, dude, I completely agree. Being able to implement and apply the things that you are learning is super crucial. And it and that's where the consistency comes in as well. Like you have to consistently keep doing those things in order to, you know, add it as a tool to your toolbox and, and be able to just pull it out whenever you need to.
0: So true. And that consistency activates that compound effect. Darren Hardy, great book, the compound effect. And those daily habits and that consistency is what creates that, that massive wave, the wave, you know, there's two ways to catch the wave luck, right? Uh, (laughs) Or you catch the wave by creating your own luck and you create your own luck by creating the daily building blocks so that a year from now you're standing on a wave and then you're riding that baby.
1: Absolutely. You know, I completely agree.
0: That's that's yeah. That's life, baby.
1: Dude, life's a wave.
0: Yeah. What else? What, what else? What other challenges are you are you dealing with in in life and photography, filmmaking, personal, whatever it may be?
1: I would say probably the other challenge that I've dealt with on a personal level has just been valuing myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of always being the person to like reach out, instead of always being the person to put myself out there, I need to start letting people come to me more. And to be a little selfish, honestly. And that's something that I've also been getting better with. Like I said, valuing myself, setting expectations, setting boundaries, limits, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, whether that has to do with my personal life or professional life. But, yeah, I'd say that was that's probably probably the thing that I've been dealing with on a personal level.
0: Definitely understand. I think a lot of creatives have trouble with that, you know, myself included. You know, I've gone through many years of not valuing myself for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. But at some point you wake up and you realize you need to love yourself, take care of yourself and that you are awesome. You're an incredible human being and you can do whatever you want to do. But sometimes the world, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. You came from a rough childhood. I came from a similar rougher background. And so, Sometimes when you grow up a little more beat up than others it takes yeah. a little longer to 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 love yourself when you grow up and you, everything's handed to you and you, every everything goes well it's easy to just think you're great and that everything's going to go your way in life because it kind of has like you haven't really faced yeah. any adversity but a lot of people that grow up with adversity you know you know we're less trusting and we're we're fearful of that we know bad things are coming or whatever it may be right and so Uh, it's really awesome that you're aware of that. And that's a good place to be as far as being aware and then being able to work on that.
1: Yeah, man, it's just a different mindset. Like mindset's everything. You know, one of my favorite quotes, I don't know who it's from. I should probably know that. But it says, uh, I am the creator of my reality. What I focus on, I create. And that's, is that who it is? Oh, I was like, (laughs) damn, dude, that was good. What? However, you are on your computer, so you could have just been, like, (laughs) typing that away whatever, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, that's my favorite quote. I have that written on one of my notebooks that I, I, like, keep notes in as, like, a journal and stuff like that because it is. You know, if you focus your energy and its positive energy into whatever it is you're doing, whatever your ambitions are, goals, or endeavors, if you focus that energy into it, you can create it. And whether that's creating a career for yourself, whether that's being self-employed, whether that's, you know, getting a promotion at your job or, you know, what whatever the case may be. You know, there's uh, – it, it really is, man. Life is energy. Life is a wave. And, you know, if you hyper-focus on the good, good things are going to happen. The universe is going to reward you for those things. If you hyper-focus on the bad shit, well, you know. You're going to be dealing with that for a lot longer than you'd like to. And Facts. then you're going to really – and you and everyone else is going to see who you really are when your back's against the wall and life is absolutely just having a go at you.
0: Dude, well said. Well said. You said something about goals earlier. What is your – what's the big – what's the 10,000-foot goal for yeah. what you're doing in your life right now?
1: Um. Well, honestly, and it uh, it's funny, your – being a guest on this podcast was one of my goals of this year so thank you for helping me check yeah thank you for helping me realize that that goal i really i really appreciate it but i think big 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 like monumental goals i think um buying a house would be cool in the next year to year and a half here in austin whether that's like as a as a, like a, an investment property or a place out, you know, I'd probably live in it for a while, do some renovations and turn around and sell it or something. But I think I get asked this question a lot where people say, yeah, you, you do like photo and video and stuff like that. But like, you know, if you could be doing anything in the world or like blah, 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 what would you be doing? I would, I'd tell them this, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing now except bigger. And that's it. Like if, and that's the best part about it. And what I encourage everyone to do is build a sustainable career outside of social media because Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and everything can literally, someone can literally, someone has a control to just press delete and it's all gone. And if that were to happen, I would still have a full-time creative career. And that's what I pride myself on. So doing what I'm doing now, but bigger, like it just, you know, bigger projects, bigger budgets, bigger clients. That's, that's kind of it. Like I'm moving forward. I'm in a good place. I'm, I'm doing fine. And it's, it feels good.
0: Good. Do you have a, a finite goal like something specific uh, like I want to make $200,000 by this date or I want to be on the cover of Nat Geo by the time I'm 35 or anything like that?
1: I think I said I'd make my first million by the time I'm 30.
0: So so th- so all right so that's the goal. That's the final goal.
1: Think, I think that's, I think Look. I've said that. I think I've said that for the last like five years. That's like fun. I'll make my first that's million fun. by the time I'm, yeah, I made my first million by the time I'm 30. So you got two years. I'm definitely running out of time. Yes. Thank you, got, you for the reminder.
0: You got two years, <laughs> baby. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to check in and be like, yo bro, how are we doing on that Millie? <laughs> but no, I love it, dude. It's been really great chatting with you on the podcast uh, to wrap up the episode give the mic to our guests and let them share some words of wisdom and love and encouragement with the AOV audience. So whenever you're ready, feel free to take the floor and and bless the community.
1: I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, thank you again for having me as a guest. And what's funny is I've listened to every single time you say this, (laughs) and I've just been like, all right, when he asked me, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And now I'm in that moment, and I'm 100% shitting the bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no man, but but honestly, if it's if it's a piece of advice that I could, you know, pass along to the community, anybody that's listening, thank you for listening and listen to my story and I hope, you know, if even one thing that I said has made an impact or or whatever, shoot me a message. Let's link up. Let's go shoot or hang out or grab coffee or something and but the one thing that I could say, man, is to just do your best every single day. And there's going to be a lot of people in this life that try and bring you down. It is on you and you alone to create the life that you've always wanted. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be fucking sad as hell. It's going to be lonely. But to combat those things, it's also going to be pretty amazing. And it's going to be so fulfilling When you look back, you know, a year, six months, five years from now, when you start doing that thing that you want to do right now, today, and you look back, like I said, you know, six months, a year, two years from now, and you're really going to thank yourself that you did it. And even though people who don't understand, and that's the thing, is the people who are telling you not to do stuff and the people who are, are negative, they have problems with themselves. And they're outwardly projecting those negative thoughts and things and, and you know things they're harboring inside. They're, they're outwardly projecting that to you to make themselves feel better. But the biggest thing is to just say discipline, motivated, have a good support system, surround yourself with good people because the second that you cut out that cancer, the cancer being all the negative energy and all the people that are trying to bring you down to their level, the second that you cut those cancers out, you're going to be so much better off and take it from someone who has been through some serious shit. Like you can do it. And that's the one thing that, that I can say is that I came from a super small town, single parent home, the best, best mom in the world. Mom, I love you. You know, it's, it's, you can do it. Whatever you want to do in this life is yours and just fucking go get it
0: josh wiseman ladies and gentlemen dude that was fantastic please make sure to follow my boy at jt Wiseguy. that's j-t-w-i-s-e-g-u-y on instagram make sure to check him out show him some love josh thank you so much man taking the time out of your day to come on the show it's been an amazing time to catch up with you on the podcast it's been really incredible to hear your story
1: Dude, thank you so much, man. Seriously, it's uh, it's an honor. I'm, I'm ready to come to Boise and grab some badass burgers.
0: Let's do it. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the first time I've ever said that. I don't even know if I ever asked you guys to subscribe. I think I've only asked one time, but I'm going to start asking you guys to subscribe. A lot of you guys subscribe on your own, which is pretty rad. I don't have to tell you to subscribe, but do you subscribe to the podcast. Do follow Art of Visuals on Instagram. Uh, and if you guys want to holler at me, you can find me at Wonder Boy Prince. Love you guys. Hope you guys all have an amazing day. See you next time.